Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test but so that you will do what is right even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. New International Version God is in the restoration business. Sometimes, we might lose sight of that reality. In the Gospels, whenever Jesus miraculously healed a person, it was for far more than taking away a disease or correcting a disability. The Lord sought to restore a person's life by including them in the community. For example, leprosy put a person on the outside, both literally and relationally. Ceasing to be a leper meant that a person now had no obstacles to full participation in communal life. Blindness reduced a person to being a beggar in order to survive. Having sight restored meant that the person can now work with others, make a living, and contribute to the needs of others. Incarceration was, and still is, a complete removal of a person from society. Being in prison severs much human connection. Release from jail opens the way to reconnection and an opportunity to have a different way of being with others. Poverty encumbers a person and weighs them down so heavily that it limits their ability to function socially and relationally. Without poverty, a person is able to establish healthy patterns of giving and receiving within the community. Those who are physically whole, mentally sharp, emotionally satisfied, and spiritually redeemed are free of obstacles and impediments to communal life. So, it is a travesty whenever the people who enjoy full inclusion in the community, turn around and separate themselves, keeping relational distance from certain persons, and do not participate in the common good of all. The type of examination of faith the Apostle Paul was talking about was not to obsess over whether one is a true believer or not. He was referring to the person who claims faith yet maintains separation from others. In other words, to exclude others is the kind of behavior that unbelievers do, not Christians. Yet, there are many sections of Christianity and entire Protestant denominations who pride themselves on such separation. They believe they're being holy and keeping themselves from impurity. However, far too many of them are really putting a sanctified spin on their own sinful predilections to avoid people they don't like. Paul has no tolerance for calling exclusion of others holiness and naming the maintenance of an insider-slash-outsider status as sanctification. The Apostle knew this was all poppycock and wanted nothing to do with it. Christ didn't die on a cruel cross, take away the obstacles to faith, open the way to know God, and create peace through His blood for a pack of so-called Christians to then erect imaginary concrete border walls to keep others out of Christian community and fellowship. Greater than in God's upside-down kingdom, the privileged insiders are really the outsiders, and the underprivileged outsiders are actually the insiders. The so-called privileged believers are in just as much need for restoration as the leper, the blind, the poor, and the prisoner. The path to their inclusion is solidarity with the entire community of the redeemed, rather than picking and choosing who is in and who is out. All this, of course, is another way of stating that Christianity is as beset with cliques as anywhere else, with individual believers, local churches, and particular traditions following their pet theologians and pastors and not associating with others who follow a different sort of folks. 
The ancient Corinthian church was a train wreck of opposing groups and cliquish behavior. The Apostle Paul had had enough of it and called the people to do some serious self-examination. And he was careful not to degrade or discourage them but to try and encourage the church to tap into the Christ which dwells within them. Restoration, for Paul, meant specific behaviors which intentionally include people. To be inclusive means we actively work toward grafting people into community, as well as discourage behaviors that create division. Here are three ways of doing that. Practice hospitality. The word hospitality literally means, love of stranger. A hospitable believer goes out of their way to invite another into their life, to give them the gift of relationship and fellowship. Take care of God's needy people and welcome strangers into your home. Romans 12:13, Sev. Above all, show sincere love to each other, because love brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Open your homes to each other without complaining. And serve each other according to the gift each person has received, as good managers of God's diverse gifts. 1 Peter 4 8-10, Seb. Nip bitterness in the bud. In an ideal world, everyone holds hands and sings kumbaya together. We live, however, in a fallen world. Harmony, unity, and peace take copious amounts of energy. Like an attentive gardener, we must do the work of identifying weeds and uprooting them, so they don't take over the garden. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, without holiness no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Hebrews 12 14-15, NIV. Seek to encourage and learn how to do it. Encouragement is both a gift and a skill to be developed. To encourage another is to come alongside and help someone with both affirming words and willing hands. It's what Jesus did, and does, for us. Christ died for us so that, whether we are dead or alive when He returns, we can live with Him forever. So, encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. 1 Thessalonians 5 10-11, NLT Hospitality, harmony, and help are all forms of love. And love is to be the guiding principle and practice of church and community. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love, where there is injury, pardon, where there is discord, union, where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. A Prayer of St. Francis of